This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Healthy Aging, providing you with the unique energy support of Pure NT Factor. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years with a 45-day money-back guarantee of nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. That's 800-982-9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's a podcast I'm very much looking forward to because today we're going to deal with pain. If you suffer from chronic back pain, neck pain, or a variety of pain-related syndromes, this podcast is going to be very important listening for you. Today we're going to talk to Dr. Ira Rashbaum. Uh, Dr. Rashbaum is a disciple of... Dr. Sarno, uh, Dr. John Sarno uh, was a professor of physical medicine rehabilitation at New York, New York University School of Medicine and author of a book called Healing Back Pain, which was a revolutionary book, highly controversial. Uh, Dr. Sarno was beloved by his patients, including many celebrities, often derided by his colleagues because uh, his work went against the grain of conventional rehabilitative treatment. Uh, Dr. Sarno passed away uh, at the ripe old age of 90 plus, uh, but carrying on his work uh, at uh, NYU uh, Rusk Rehabilitation is today's guest, Dr. Ira Rashbaum. Uh, Dr. Rashbaum is a physiatrist, not a psychiatrist. Physiatry is rehabilitation medicine. Uh, and uh, he works with patients uh, who have chronic pain and musculoskeletal disorders using the diagnostic and treatment methods pioneered by Dr. John Sarno, who was Emeritus Professor of Rehab Medicine at NYU here in New York City. So it's a great pleasure talking to you, uh, Dr. Rashbaum. Thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Dr. Hoffman. I'm really excited about this opportunity. Well, indeed. Uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your background, uh, because you had an opportunity to work with uh, the late, great Dr. Sarno. And uh, uh, you give us some background on, on how uh, he approached patients and how this has impacted your work. Yes. So I was very, very lucky, Dr. Hoffman. I actually was able to do my residency at Rusk Institute, now called Rusk Rehabilitation and Henry Langone Health. And at the time when I was at a resident, um, Dr. Sarno was sort of a little bit marginalized um, to the side of the rehab medicine department. Just um, when Dr. Rusk was, was ruling the roost at Rusk, uh, Dr. Sarno thrived. And again, not to say anything, but certainly in the next couple of chair people of the department, um, Dr. Sarno was a little bit marginalized to the side. So... So when we had to seek out Dr. Sarno himself, um, 
So when I was in 1992, when I was a, a middle-level resident, I actually, I don't know how I did this, but somehow I got the Mind Over Back Pain book. This was from 1984. It was a year after Healing Back Pain came out, and it really essentially changed my life. So I said, why not? I said, why don't I just go reach out to Dr. Sarno to see if he'd be willing to spend some time on my elective with him. And it's a funny story about this. So um, I went to Dr. Sarno's office and his secretary said, I'll come see you at this point. So then I went to go see Dr. Sarno and then I, I sat down in his, and in his chair in, the, in his consultation room and he said, Dr. Rashbaum, do you agree that 95% of all back fusion surgery is malpractice? <laughs> wow. And I said, I guess so. I said, okay, so maybe we can work together. That was that was the first time that was, I that ever was met the premise. Was that, that was the premise that he yeah. wanted you to accept. Now, now, of course, that could seriously rub uh, colleagues in rehabilitation medicine and orthopedics uh, wrong, the wrong way, and in neurosurgery because that's all about correcting yeah. anomalies. Uh, you know, using a, a a fix, essentially a surgical fix. And what he's saying is that uh, it's vastly overused. It's, it, uh, a statistic shows that uh, the back pain industry is a $90 billion industry in the United States, which includes, of course, uh, surgery, but also ancillary services and chiropractic and all these things and whatnot. Uh, and it turns out that Dr. Sarna wasn't a big believer in these procedures. Right. So just so you know, Dr. Hoffman, in two years ago, in the Journal of American Medical Association on March 3rd, there was an analysis of U.S. healthcare expenditures from 1996 to 2016. So in 2016, the most expensive, the most ex expensive healthcare expenditure in the United States of America was low back and neck pain, $134.5 billion. Oof. And number three was diabetes, which is actually quite remarkable. Wow. 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 So uh, yep. if this uh, holds the prospect of alleviating the suffering of even a minority of these individuals, it would really be a boon, yep. uh, not just in terms of suffering, but in terms of uh, the hit to America's finances. Uh, so, uh, all right. So, so the, you know, my story of, of finding out about, your, about Dr. Sarno is uh, way back when, and I think it was in the 1970s, there was a, a, an article in New York Magazine, which was essentially about the odyssey of the author who was suffering from back pain and the different modalities that were available. And it was kind of like a smorgasbord. It's like, well, I tried acupuncture and I tried physical therapy and I tried chiropractic and, you know, various things, yoga, blah, blah, blah. You know, he went through different things. And with each of them, you know, he sort of gave kind of a, a lukewarm recommendation for each of them. He said, you know, there are benefits to each of these things and, you know, on, on my path to recovery. Uh, a couple of months later, he wrote an article which basically stated, Eureka, I have found it, I am cured. And that was an article that featured Dr. Sarno. And what it did is it swept aside all these other modalities, these time-consuming and expensive and sometimes invasive modalities, uh, and supplanted it with an entirely different paradigm. Right. It, it, it was Tony Schwartz who wrote the article. Yes. It was like about a 10 years later, like in the, in the mid-1980s, which was really kind of, he really, after that article, Dr. Sarno's practice really took off. Yeah. It, it put him on the map. Right. So, so in uh, terms of yeah, no, so, I'm sorry. So, 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 
you know, let, let's get into to the meat of this. Uh, sure. What transpired when Dr. Sarno saw patients? Because he didn't lay hands on them. He didn't, you know, do trigger point injections. He didn't manipulate them, as many people do in that department. Uh, that's what rehab medicine is all about. That's what you're trained to do. You're taught anatomy. You're taught various ways of alleviating pain, often, you know, via medication. But, you know, there, there are hands-on procedures. What he would simply do is he would talk to people, either individually, and then later uh, he would have group sessions with people, put them all in a room, and just talk to them, and they felt better. Yeah. So basically, when when I started studying with Dr. Sarno, he actually did a very, very careful medical history, very, very careful. And in addition, in this medical history, he talked about other histories of other ailments that could be psychosomatically related. And also, he actually did actually do a very, very careful physical examination, a neurological examination, a musculoskeletal examination. And in most situations, he said this is probably used to call tension myositis syndrome. Now it's tension myoneural syndrome, um, and if that was the case, then he would actually proceed with this sort of the treatments for these sorts of things. Back when I met him in the early 1990s, he would do these in sort of group lectures. First a two-part lecture, then a one-part lecture. And then he got older, he couldn't lecture anymore. So just as you don't know about this, actually Dr. Sarna was a board examiner. Uh, oh. He was really the real deal. So he's, he was, he was very, very rigorously very, trained. It wasn't like he was eschewing his 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 uh, you know, right. clinical training. You know, yeah. he was he was nuts and bolts uh, uh, rehabilitation right. specialist. Right. So, and and again, he he was really a master of the history. And just so you know, Doctor Hoffman is that after the New York Magazine article. He would, before going to offer an appointment for a patient, he would do sort of like a, a five-minute pre-screening phone call. So he was very adept at triaging patients that he wouldn't think would benefit from the program. So his diagnostic rate was probably at least 98%. So, so you know, obviously, this is not a panacea. And there are certain circumstances where sure. the best treatment is, say, disc surgery or... Uh, you know, some sort of uh, uh, intervention that's not uh, talk therapy, essentially, right? And and so we can't deny that there's there are physical impediments to getting better that sometimes we have to surmount. So these are the types of patients that he might screen out and say, look, you, you have, you know, really severe disc compression. Um, and, uh, you know, you really might need a, a surgical procedure. Absolutely. Let me just add to that. Sure. So there was a there's a well-known neurosurgeon named Hubert Razumov. He was the former neurosurgery at University of Miami School of Medicine. He passed away back in the late 2000s. So he did something very controversial. He actually abandoned the operating room. Um, and it was actually an article about him in People magazine in the 1980s because he said that by the time 1991, he said that structural changes were only responsible in pain in only about 1% of patients. And this is mm. a thorn in the side in the spine surgical community. So that's my experience. So usually when I see about, I see several hundred patients a year and about 1% of those patients, I say, this is not stress-related. Mm -hmm. Similar to Dr. Rosma, you, you need a back operation. You need it right away. And I had the most recent back operation patient about two months ago. 
Mm-hmm. So it's it's sometimes disc surgery is the proper treatment. Right. You have to. It's always a diagnosis of exclusion. What I've heard is that uh, there are some studies uh, that are are blinded studies where they do MRIs of essentially two groups of people, mixed group uh, patients who are in pain and patients who are normal who have no pain, and they perform an MRI on them, and then they hand the MRI to experienced radiologists to predict which of the patients are in pain. And the, the net result is that it's, it's kind of a dice roll, is that some patients with extremely uh, deformed spines are fine, and some patients who have minimal changes are in excruciating pain. And, and th- so that kind of underlies this theory that maybe there's something in the soft tissue uh, that is actually the determinant of who suffers from pain, or maybe in, in the in the in the brain circuitry, even that is the determinant. Yeah. Exactly, as you may be aware, there was a landmark article in the New England Journal of Medicine in July 1994. 98 people, no back pain, and only 36 of the MRIs were normal. And these other data were replicated even to a greater degree uh, back in South Korea in January 2013. Even a higher percentage of asymptomatic people had more structural abnormalities, but the only problem was they didn't have any symptoms. Mm-hmm. Is it yeah. possible that uh, what I've heard is that there are more MRIs in Manhattan uh, than there are in the entire uh, uh, province of Ontario, Canada? Uh, perhaps in maybe the statistics in in all of Canada, and that are uh, the availability and the immediacy of MRIs uh, may actually reinforce a sense that people are are damaged or injured, which is contrary to the spirit of Sarno's paradigm. Is that you once you see you see the culprit lesion in your back, and you say, ah, that's what's causing. Me. Of course, I'm I'm doomed to suffer pain, and that's what would be called the opposite of a placebo effect. It's a nocebo effect. It's, oh, you've been, you now have a diagnosis. Exactly. That's a very, very good point. About a year ago, I'd seen a patient from Silicon Valley. He came to New York and he was afraid of getting COVID. So he saw me by telemedicine and the MRI was sort of structurally changed, but I'm putting the cart before the horse. So back in 2013, um, out of the New England Journal of Medicine, they had found that um, predictors of, of, how do I say, there were 283 patients who were doing disc surgery or conservative care crossover period. They found that one year out, that the MRIs one year out was poor predictors about how the patients did. And in an editorial, Richard Dale, a very famous doctor from the West Coast, he said that maybe these radiologists had included disclaimer Things such as, well, these, you have these structural changes on the MRI, they may be finding people without symptoms. For the first time in my career on faculty as of 1993, the Stanford radiology uh, radiologist said for normal volunteers between the ages of 40 and 60, structural changes are very common. And sure. my jaw dropped. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, just a uh, yeah. personal question. Have you ever had an MRI of your back? No. And, uh, and that's... Correct answer. Uh, I've had many opportunities to have MRIs in my back because I've had back pain. But understanding the Sarno paradigm, I kind of don't want to know. I mean, unless I'm paralyzed, 
and you know in refractory pain and i have you know uh, all the harm marks of of severe disc impingement uh i don't want to know because i'm going to see some abnormalities right i'm you know in my 60s it's normal yeah so i don't call these normal abnormalities but i don't like normal abnormalities because it's kind of, sort of a placebo concept to that Right, it's an it's an abnormality. So I just call this sort of structural variations on the theme. There you go. Right. So, yeah. uh, all right. So, so one of the hallmarks of Sarno's work is he tells patients who are undergoing therapy that essentially they're polishing their problem. If they're going to a chiropractor, if they're getting acupuncture, if they're getting you know any physical therapy, he wants them to stop that. He doesn't suggest that they continue that. Why is that? Yes, that's a very good point. So by the time Dr. Sarno wrote Healing Back Pain in 1991, he did something very, very courageously. He's a physiatrist, and he said, why am I prescribing physical therapy to my patients? The reason why is that if you think that you're going to sort of like a, a physical therapist or a chiropractor or an osteopath for this TMS, you're going in the other direction. So when I do my treatment lecture, I, I quote Yogi Bear. I said, when you go to the when you come to the fork in the road, take it. <laughs> so you can't go both ways. Right. You gotta make sure that if it's structural mention, do it the other way. If it's sort of mind body TMS, you have to go in the other direction. So if you do both, you're just gonna basically be sort of spinning your wheels and treading water, not getting up anywhere very quickly. But but it may even be counterproductive because uh, undergoing yeah. all that therapy uh, may sort of reinforce the problematic problematic nature of the of your uh, situation that it, it's it's sort of like um, conditioning you to experience pain and seek relief is is that a, a little bit of an encapsulation yeah I agree with you exactly I think sort of like the road to heck with pay, is paved with good intentions you mm -hmm. go to someone a therapist with the best of intention and they may sort of just reinforce that there's something structurally wrong, and that may just also delay your recovery. Okay. So, uh, surely there is more to the Dr. Sarno uh, process than say, ignore it, ignore the pain, you know, and don't worry about it, right? It, it, there's, it's far more nuanced, and it takes people a step further. Because I, I mean, I've seen miraculous situations. I've had patients who've been through every manner of therapy, and I finally said, you know, in the day when Dr. Sarno was still practicing, because I've been practicing for many decades, I sent patients to Dr. Sarno and they were they were relieved of their pain. So but surely there's more to, to, to telling them, like, get over it. Right. Exactly. So what is it? Yeah. What, so we have to. What's the process? Right. So once we establish that this very severe physical pain is not due to a structural issue or due to sort of an avoidance from being in touch with your strong emotions such as anger or fear and other things, we have to give you strategies to help you alleviate the pain. And that's what we do sort of, sort of like in the treatment sessions. We also give patients some homework for things sort of like kind of journaling and sort of meditation and that sort of thing. And that generally becomes very, very successful in relieving my patient's symptoms. Now, you, you say that there can be impediments to that, that, that in, a, in a way, the pain is psychosomatic. It could be 
uh, induced by uh, anger, frustration, uh, some deep-seated trauma, uh, which yeah. doesn't necessarily dissipate. So are there ancillary practices that help patients uh, explore those possibilities and uh, purge them? Yes. So before we proceed on that, that actually there was a pain management article two years ago saying that they said adverse childhood experiences had a very clear association with chronic pain. So in terms of any kind of ancillary service that I recommend, I would recommend working with sort of like a good psychotherapist, whether it's a social worker or a licensed mental health counselor or a psychologist, but I would recommend practitioners who have the ability to explore your unconscious mind, sort of like somatic training or analytic training, because I think that that would be a better way to kind of help resolve the issues that would be behind the patient's symptoms. So the suggestion is that there's a form of tension uh, which actually deprives tissue of oxygen. Now, that that's actually not just in your head. That's organic. That is actually... Um, a, a clinical finding is that there may be some form of um, impediment of blood flow to certain areas, a block, if you if you if you will, uh, that causes uh, chronic discomfort. Right. So, some other TMS doctors question the decreased blood flow. I respectfully disagree. Um, I'll tell you one thing. Back when I was a resident at Rusk, I actually took a, an osteopathy course over in Michigan State College of Osteopathic Medicine and a very nice neurologist. I actually spoke with him about four years ago. He talked about the skin response. So he said that if you press over an area that is underlying a tight, tense muscle with slightly decreased blood flow, the skin will turn pink. Hmm. And it happens in about maybe 87 out of 100 patients. So it's 87% sensitive, hmm. but it's 100% specific. So sometimes when I, patients come in with significant others, I go to a palpator region where it's symptomatic and the skin turns pink and it goes to another area where it's not symptomatic and it doesn't turn pink at all. Wow. So it's quite remarkable. Yeah. So, so that, that's kind of an objective confirmation that there really is right. an organic process, but it's governed by, it's it's the brain-muscle connection somehow, right? Correct. Wow. Okay. All right. So, if we lay the groundwork for our discussion in part two of the Sarno technique, uh, which involves diagnosing TMS. Uh, TMS, mm -hmm. uh, the new term is tension myoneural syndrome because it's not really a myositis. That's a muscle inflammation. We have uh, autoimmune diseases, which are myositis. So it's myoneural, which muscles and nerves, tension myoneural syndrome or TMS may be the root cause of a lot of the pain that people are suffering. And then unfortunately, uh, some people uh, obtain a surgical fix uh, for something that could be treated in a much more benign way. That's the essence of the Sarno method, which is highly controversial. We'll explore uh, his, uh, his work and its uh, modern incarnation with uh, a practitioner, uh, a disciple of Dr. Sarno. Uh, today's guest, Dr. Ira Rauschbaum. Uh, Dr. Rauschbaum, give us the information, Dr. Rauschbaum, about uh, how they can contact you. And you say you do telemedicine as well for people who are out of, uh, who are not in New York City. Yes. So my office number is area code 212 
263-6037. In terms of telemedicine, I have telemedicine privileges in Florida, but basically the tri-state area. So I wish I had more telemedicine states, which I have availability, but mm-hmm. the snowbirds can see me in Florida, but also sort of in the tri-state area, uh, even even in New York. So even if people from like upstate New York or sort of southern New Jersey or sort of northeastern, northeastern Connecticut, I'm always happy. But also sometimes patients who live in Massachusetts, they can go over the border to New York and do a telemedicine privileges and that, a telemedicine visit and all sorts of things. Yeah. Okay, and for, for our listeners, I mean, it may seem strange that uh, doctors can't just pick up the telephone and talk to you wherever you are in the country, but it has to do with certain strictures and requirements. Uh, uh, right. Basically, uh, it has to do with liability, malpractice. You've got to have a license to talk to somebody in another state uh, if, in terms of uh, formal practice of medicine, which is uh, it, which actually there's been a little bit of... Uh, uh, lightening up on that during the COVID era because so many people have required telemedicine uh, to stay in touch with their doctors. Yeah. It really doesn't make sense that uh, somebody who lives across the Hudson River in New Jersey uh, can't pick up, uh, you know, can't get in a Zoom uh, conference with their doctor uh, in Manhattan. But such such is the case. All right, when we return, more on the subject of the Sarno method applied to pain our guest, Dr. Ira Rashbaum, it's spelled R-A-S-H-B-A-U-M. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Yes. This is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. 